0: Another edition of the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. I'm Charlie Burks. Here with my co-host and A to Z Sports Tennessee writer, Zach Reagan. Wherever you listen throughout the world, we thank you so much for listening to our little show. We talk everything balls every week here on the Big Orange Podcast. And if that sounds like something you want to listen to regularly, go over to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed on Apple, Spotify, and subscribe there. If you subscribe, you won't miss a single episode when we drop them on Mondays, except this one's coming out yet again on a Tuesday. Uh, I'll explain in a second. At charlie underscore burris, at Zach TNT, at A to Z Sports, Twitter, Instagram, facebook.com slash A to Z Sports Nashville, and a to Z sports.com for everything that Zach and I write on the internet. Apologies for the second week in a row for uh, being a day behind on recording. Zach uh, had meetings and responsibilities and things to do. He's so important. So we had to uh, delay a day. No, he, he really did. He had stuff to do. <laughs> so we had to delay to Tuesday. But uh, yet again, going to try to keep that to a minimum. But we'll get right down to brass tacks talking balls here on the Big Orange podcast. We'll start as has become tradition uh, since uh, the season really began. We got to do the, the weekly baseball update because things are still amazing with Tennessee baseball. They go down to Gainesville and sweep Florida. And there has been so much of this this season where this baseball team just breaks records it's been it seems like every single week it's just like this Tennessee is it's the greatest start in SEC baseball history it's the, the you know this and this and this and this and this this week it was um I guess before they had the the longest I guess uh start of consecutive wins in SEC history to begin 12 and0 then they they lost to Alabama finally. They have not lost an SEC game since. Um and now at 17 and 1 in the SEC, they have the best start in the history of SEC baseball. No team has ever gone 17 and 1 in SEC baseball. This team has now done it. Um and it just is every week with these guys. It was this was I believe the first sweep at Florida by an SEC team since 2006, I think, and the first sweep of any team since 2013, I want to say, is what I saw. It's absurd. It's totally absurd. Again, I mean, it's almost boring at this point to to talk about how crazy this team is, but uh, Zach, did you watch much of the baseball team this weekend?
1: Yeah, so I was uh, I was out of town again this weekend. I was in, in Charleston for my kid had a, a baseball tournament, but I, I was able to watch a good deal of Sunday's game on the way home. You know, the internet was kind of spotty on the drive back, but it feels like every every series something just something we haven't seen before, or just something that you can't believe happens. I mean, the week before it was uh, Tony Vitello getting ejected and suspended for bumping an umpire as he was kind of defending his pitching coach and his players and this weekend we see just a tremendous comeback well, top of the ninth you're you're down to your last out and they they come back tie the game getting a couple tough spots in the bottom of the ninth bottom of the 10th they they work around those and they they you know christian moore hits another home or hits a two-run home run there to uh Unbelievable. Give Tennessee the lead. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And then after the game, the drama that kind of <laughs> popped up with the <laughs> Florida football helmets. Every week you wonder, what else can this team do to make opposing fan bases hate them more? And every weekend they come through with something. It is amazing. So they put on... The way
0: that it was explained by Florida Media is that Tennessee somehow got access to where these helmets where florida's football helmets are stored or something
1: although these were like alternate helmets that aren't the regular a lot they usually wear the orange helmets and these are yeah you see them from time to time
0: these were ironically they are actually the helmets that florida wore the last time tennessee beat them in football (laughs) they were the because florida wore that goofy alternate uniform uh during that that loss to dobbs and the boys
1: uh but I guess they went back to the football facility from the baseball facility yeah, to like shower and stuff before they you know returned that's that's what Knoxville. they said the
0: showers or something they had access to these helmets. And so the baseball players put these helmets on they put them all over social media and Florida fans, of course their immediate reaction is, well, do we own you in football this is, you're gonna put on a football helmet. Let's talk about football. that was their that was their immediate reaction. but you can in that situation, go ahead. Talk it up. Ah, football. Well, you haven't beaten us in basketball in a a long, long time. I guess they, they did beat the basketball team once last year, but that was like the first time in like four years or something that they had beaten the basketball team. Baseball, you get swept. I mean, just talk it up. We all know. I think Tennessee fans are at peace with the whole football thing with Florida. Obviously, every single year, that's the game we all want to win. But it, it is what it is at this point when you'd lose whatever it is, fourteen, the last fifteen or whatever absolutely horrific stat it is at this point. You know? So weep it up, Florida fans. That's too bad. If you don't like it, don't get don't get swept. Don't blow a four zero lead in the ninth inning, or I guess it was a four one lead in the ninth yeah. inning. but
2: don't
0: don't blow the lead and lose the game and then and then we can't do that. you know, sorry, that's that's too bad. Um
1: yeah there was a uh, a Florida football player Chief Borders one of their uh linebackers that uh, tweeted you reap what you sow. He later deleted boy. the tweet. <laughs> which I don't know why you delete that because I mean I get it if if uh if Florida came into Knoxville and swept Tennessee's baseball team and did the same thing Tennessee fans would be livid and you would hope that Tennessee's football players would take it personal and would you know want to kind of get revenge on, on, uh, Florida in the, in the regular season. So I understand if Florida players are kind of upset about it, but to delete the tweet, like, nah, leave it up there. I mean, the pictures of Tennessee baseball players in the helmets aren't going anywhere. It's out there. Everybody knows it. They're not running from it. Uh, Tony Vitello didn't really chastise the team for it. I think he said that he would, uh, text Billy Napier, the Florida football coach and kind of, smooth anything over you know it's just some guys having some fun after after sweeping florida and josh heupel did didn't care one bit i mean it's probably one of the best josh heupel sound bites i've heard since he's been at tennessee and he and he's had some good ones uh but he uh talked about or was asked by jason swain uh on on wnml on monday how he felt about it and he's like well why would i be worried about it you know they they just swept Florida in Gainesville, they can do what they want down there. And then he said he hoped that they took a crayon to the helmet and drew all over it, which is (laughs) I can't imagine any previous Tennessee coach saying that at all. And it coming across is like just organic and fun, like it wasn't forced. He's kind of laughing, kind of off the cuff. Didn't you know? Didn't run from it at all. Didn't didn't have any issues with it one bit. I love. Yeah,
0: uh, the last coach that would have done that for Tennessee, I mean, it would have been Kiffin.
1: Like yeah, yeah I mean that is a Lane Kiffin comment pretty much
0: it really is that's hilarious I love it um yeah because there were there were Florida fans that were like your baseball team's writing checks that the football team can't cash who cares who yeah, nobody what does cares. this have to do with football like yeah maybe it's bulletin board material but is is SEC football and just that rivalry not enough bulletin board material for your boys to get up were they gonna come in snoozing to the Tennessee Florida game this this year like what I'm sorry. What, what are you talking about? Oh, it's, they're going to pay for that when they're, Oh, well that's, you know, we haven't won since 2016. It wouldn't be anything new. I'm not, you know, so as sad as, as sad as that might be, but here, here is the fact with, as far as that game goes, Tennessee will be the better football team. Uh, and it's in Neyland stadium. And, uh, I, I don't want to put that expectation on Eiffel. I'm sure he gets it. Uh, but that's a game Tennessee should win. I can't say that about that game if we have to talk about the Tennessee Florida game
1: already. Do what now? I'm, oh, did did it go it. out? Oh. Yeah, it, it, oh, stupid internet. So, I, it I, I just
0: I just said that base, basically this is t- Tennessee's the better team in in a general sense and there really is no excuse. It's it's not like is going to get up if they lose to Florida after the game and be like Listen, I got to have a talk with Tony Vitello. That's not <laughs> you know, that's that's not going to happen. But Tennessee, Tennessee should be the better team uh, for that. If we have to talk about the Tennessee-Florida football game, Tennessee should be the better team. You got the better quarterback. And in a general sense, con- constructed right at Florida's level, if not better. And the game is in Neyland Stadium. I don't care what Tony Vitello did this weekend. There's really no excuse in terms of losing that game. But it's Florida, so if Tennessee does lose... It's Florida. I mean, let's all be honest here, you know.
1: Well, I, I don't – that get, that rivalry doesn't need any extra fuel. There's nothing really exactly. that you can say or do that's going to make that game any more intense than it already is. I mean, I don't think there's anything about that that's like, oh, okay. Well, now we've got this game circled. Like, No, Florida has it circled every year. Even though they've dominated Tennessee this century, it's circled. It's a, They want to keep doing that. They don't they don't want to lose to Tennessee. It's just like Tennessee doesn't want to lose to Kentucky or Vanderbilt. Those games are just as important. They're viewed as, you know, it's almost a, I think when you get to the point where Florida is with Tennessee, where they've won, you know, 15 out of 16 or however many it's been, it becomes almost more pressure on you to keep that going, you know, it just is just like it is on the other team to, you know, break that streak and, and end it. So I think it goes both ways there, but you now I don't think this is really going to, have any impact on the game it's just a it's it's april you know we probably won't even remember this hardly when september comes around because there's so much history to this game anyway that's just a small footnote in it
0: i mean it's like saying when when grant and admiral went to florida and they win in the in gainesville and then they did the infamous the infamous moment of they go up to the florida crowd and they're doing the gator chomp um that we Tennessee fans love to reference. It's like if they walked away from that and Florida's football team was like, we're going to remember that your basketball team did that. No, you're not <laughs> like this. It's so long from now. This is, and yeah, you don't need any bulletin board. If you need bulletin board material to get up for that game, you're behind the eight ball. I, yeah. I would, I would put it that way.
1: It'd be a so. little different if it was like uh Missouri or something like that, where maybe that's a game that you kind of sleepwalk into and you've, you sure. pissed them off maybe back in the spring and and they're using that as uh as motivation to beat Tennessee that might be a little a little slightly different but yeah this is a a non-issue when it comes to that just really fun and just a great example of Josh Heupel just being real just I love not it. he can be awkward with his comments at time he cannot say anything at all in some of his press conferences just because he doesn't really he's not, I don't know. It's hard to explain. He's not trying to be someone he's not, I guess he's just, he's just himself. Whatever he sees in the moment, he's going to say it. He's not going to apologize for it.
0: That, that is a very real moment for a guy who is a big fan of, of coach speak. And that's actually, that's what we're going to talk about in the second half of the show, but I'm not done with this part of this conversation quite yet. I mean, re- realistically, just to add on to the, the back end of this conversation, like, Other sports are what has kept the Florida-Tennessee rivalry heated for sure. Basketball being primary among them. I mean, Rick Barnes has had Florida's number from front to back almost his entire time at Tennessee. Like I said, he didn't lose to Florida for, I think, three full years. I'm remembering back before last season. I might be off on that, but it was something close to that. And so, you know, Florida still hates Tennessee. This adds to that. That's this is good, honestly, to me. Mm-hmm. This is great because it keeps that fire. You want yep. Florida fans to not have that that apathy that that almost Alabama has with tennis They beat Tennessee football so badly every year <laughs> that they almost come in and they're just like, yeah, you know, whatever. It's a Tennessee game. Like you want to have that competitive fire, and if baseball keeps that alive through a, a rough patch of for the football team if basketball keeps alive fine whatever you got to do just don't don't let it become where they almost pity you it's it's kind of i mean honestly it's tennessee with vandy right now vandy stinks mm-hmm. in everything even their baseball team's not that good this year uh at least not right now um and and so you kind of look at them and you go like you guys sort of stink at everything i'm not like it's it's always fun to gloat over vandy fans because they're annoying but like you come into games with them especially in basketball and football and you kind of go, Oh, all right, this is going to be rough for you. <laughs> Sorry, but this, we're just going to, we're going to beat you down. That's so this is the way that this is going to happen. And you know, it's just <laughs> too bad. <laughs> so I just don't let it get to that point with Florida. That's all I ask. Uh, actually, it's not all I ask. Beat Florida this year. That's what I ask. But uh, I, I don't, this, this whole thing, whatever, Florida fans eat it up. You, you deserve it. Beat Tennessee if you don't like it. And that's uh, kind of my take on the whole thing. I did, I did think about this. This was like a, a stupid thought that I had in the last couple of days. Um, in a sense, right now, Tennessee is sort of the, uh, the Elon Musk of college sports at the moment. Because you're, you're number one. You know, Elon, richest guy in the world you're on top of the world, you're you're beating everybody. Uh and then in some sense, Tennessee kind of owns Twitter, right? <laughs> with, with the way that we we keep receipts, fall Twitter doesn't forget. Um and you know, it's in in a weird roundabout way, I are are is Tennessee the Elon Musk of of college sports at the moment. That was like I said is a stupid thought I had.
1: did you see the Arkansas fan that was like talking trash when Florida was up four to one? And he quoted a a tweet, Florida tweet, I think he said something like, I I love watching Tennessee implode or something. Oh, yeah. I (laughs) don't know. Of course, after Tennessee came back and won the game, that guy's mentions were very much alive with Tennessee fans letting him hear, you know, about it. And he like to his credit, he took it. He owned it. He said, You know, I am getting drugged by Vol Twitter and I deserve it. Let me have it. You know, I, in, in I did a sense,
0: this. It, it, to, to my analogy there, I guess Arkansas fans are kind of the people who right now are like, I'm going to leave Twitter. I quit. I'm out of here if Elon Musk buys Twitter. Those are Arkansas fans of Tennessee right now, where mm-hmm. they, th- they constantly, it doesn't matter what it is. You look anywhere. The SEC network posts like Tennessee baseball keeps breaking records or whatever. And just Arkansas fans in the comments are just like, they're not, they're not the Arkansas, the hogs. we It's unbelievable. They just, they can't stop thinking about us. So they can continue to weep. That's not again, sort of like Florida fans. It's not really our problem.
1: I will say my, my one other takeaway from Josh hype and Vitello and all that is like what? I, I don't. I hope we don't take for granted what we're living through right now. Because do you remember like the vibe with like Lane Kiffin and Bruce Pearl back in in the late two thousands? Just kind of how they were, you know, maybe at basketball games together, football games, showing up to each other's events and stuff. Kind of like that that bromance going on where there was just so much energy around the program. This is like that same thing right now, especially between Hypol and Vitello. Like I, I don't know if you saw the clip of where Hypol crashed Vitello's press conference, just kind of having some fun, asked, asked him if he needed a left-handed relief pitcher. I think it was after he threw out the first pitch I a couple this. of weeks ago. You know, this video, he he comes in, kind of walks through the back and just kind of after a reporter stops, he asked Vitello a question, you know, he's like, Hey, you know, you need, you need any left-handed uh, relief, middle relief help. And they had a, a fun little back and forth there. And it's just little stuff like that that just keeps morale up around campus, around the athletic department in general, and it's like Heipel said during his uh, interview with, with Jason Swain yesterday is that success breeds more success. And and the more that you're seeing these other athletic teams succeed and, and win games, it's contagious. It just kind of spreads throughout the whole campus. And everybody's kind of pulling for each other. You're seeing football players show up at baseball games. You're seeing basketball players show up at baseball games. Was it Euros Plavzic showed up with the fur yeah. coat after they, for the Alabama uh, series finale. So I, I hope we don't take for granted like this little dynamic that we're seeing between Heupel and Vitello and to some extent Rick Barnes as well. It's, it's such a great dynamic they have going on right now. And you're, you know, you're starting to live in the good times again. Uh, don't take it for granted and, and just enjoy this ride up the mountain that, that we're currently on.
0: I, yeah, I hope that Tennessee fans have learned from the last 15 years that when these times come, relish it. You won an SEC championship in basketball, and that was a rally, you know, and, and every other program can kind of rally around that. Baseball is obviously. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to talk about it, but like they're setting records left and right. And they look like one of the best college baseball teams ever. Uh, I said that last week that that analysis came from someone who wasn't a Tennessee homer. I saw somebody on the SEC network who was a college baseball analyst who said that this Tennessee baseball team might be the best college baseball team he has ever seen. So that's not just from me. And you yeah, have football moving up the hill. If if football, I, I would say this really applies if football gets good again. You know, if you have a 10-win season this year, like really dig in and appreciate what's going on. And, and like, especially like, Lord willing, this baseball season ends with a national championship, at minimum an SEC championship. Like, bask in every single bit of this glory because always remember how quickly it can go away always that's not don't don't beat yourself down with it enjoy what's going on with the the thought behind your enjoyment being i got to i got to give this 100% because it might be gone tomorrow you know just sort of uh, uh, that appreciation
1: yeah you you never know how long it's going to last uh but i mean it feels like look vitello's not going anywhere hypo's not going anywhere the basketball teams in a in a good spot if they get Football to, to 10 wins, like you kind of mentioned, I think it's a real sign that that program is like ready to take a serious step and not like, oh, okay, let's, I like, I like the direction this is heading, but let's wait and see. You know, you get to like wins with this roster, and I think you might have something really special on the way coming.
0: I think you really might. And, and it'll, if football could come back, you would really see the full fruition, like every, everything come to fruition around just how truly powerful Tennessee as a brand can be as, as a brand. And a, and I throw the fan base into that also because you see it right now. It, it I, I was going to bring this up later in the show, but it fits in this conversation at this point. TMZ, TMZ. Who's like based out of Los Angeles, like just a national brand this weekend. Posted that Darius Rucker, Hootie of Hootie and the Blowfish, who's now, he is now a country artist, um, at a concert led a chant of F Tennessee, except it wasn't F, it, you know, it was the whole word, uh, at his concert, and TMZ posted about it. Because you know why? Because TMZ knows that talking about Tennessee moves the needle. Like it's a nationally known thing that if you rile up Tennessee fans, you're gonna get the page views, you're gonna get talked about, you're gonna, you're gonna be able to to be seen because people like Tennessee has established itself in this way even through these rough times. Although through the rough times, the things that Tennessee has gotten recognition about have been you know, rioting on campus and and overthrowing a coaching hire. But like you you just really establish yourself through... It doesn't even matter if Tennessee is bad. This is going to be a powerful brand. And now, Tennessee is getting better. And it's only going to become more of an absolute juggernaut. And I want to see that happen so badly. I want to see Tennessee great in the age of social media. Because obviously, you were great in the late 90s. And social media didn't exist back then. And you were a great brand at that point. But the way that Tennessee has emerged and in being so antagonistic and so just like crazy loyal and, and willing to go over the top as, as a fan base and a school, I, I, I need to, I need to see it happen. I need this team to be back on top of the college football world and, and complete the bring everything together full circle. I, I want it so badly because it's going to be awesome. It's going to be
1: awesome. It's Funny that you mentioned on top of the college football world because I was thinking while you were talking, if 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 Darius Rucker said "F Georgia," I don't think TMZ. The I don't think TMZ writes that article. I mean, you'll see no. stuff. You'd see stuff written on the internet about it, but not to the same level as what we saw with this, where he said "F Tennessee." But if, like, I I respect Darius Rucker for his fandom. He's a South Carolina guy. He's born in Charleston. Uh, went to South Carolina. He's always been a huge Gamecocks fan, and I always respect the music artists that carry that with them no matter where they go. Like, I am a South Carolina fan. I'm not going to change just because I'm playing in front of this crowd or that crowd. Now, his chant or you know, F Tennessee was in front of it was in Columbia in front of a bunch of South Carolina fans. So he was playing to the crowd a little bit, I'm sure. But we've seen it you know, before. He's through and through a South Carolina guy. Uh, you see it from some other country artists as well that are in that world. Eric Church, a big UNC fan. Uh, Morgan Wallen, big Tennessee guy. No matter where yeah. he's at, he's gonna have that Tennessee hat. Then you got Kenny Chesney.
0: Chesney, man,
1: the worst. And I, I don't,
0: I don't mind some of his songs. He's, he's made a couple. Right. He's made some. I've good been, records, I've been but... to,
1: a, I've been to several Kenny Chesney concerts in, in different places. I've uh, seen him in Nashville in North Carolina fun time it's always a fun time but that that guy wherever he's at he is going to be on that bandwagon we've seen videos of him with tim tebow in a florida helmet we've seen him with other i've seen him like an arkansas helmet various nfl teams i mean he has no he's from east tennessee i'm sure that he's watching college football on a saturday he's pulling for tennessee right i mean i have no doubt about that but at the same time like, how deep is your fandom if you're willing to just play to whoever you're you're out there with? I know part of it's the entertainment business, but at the same time, like, you're from Tennessee. This fan base is a little different. You know, they expect a little more loyalty than that. They expect you to go to Florida and refuse to put on that Florida helmet. They expect you to maybe see Rocky Top at that concert in, in Gainesville that you're playing or, or something like that. And he's just not that way. So, I do kind of respect... Darius Rucker for that, for staying true to who he is, but at the same time, it's a big fan base. Your career has kind of had a renaissance because of the country music industry that 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 you know is based in Nashville. Yeah, (laughs) I don't think that's a wise decision to make if you're Darius Rucker because you're not just saying like "f the Vols" there; you're saying "f the whole state" in that in that. Yeah,
0: that's that was the thing. Like, you can be a South Carolina fan that doesn't offend me at all. And and I'm exactly with you. I respect you being a true South Carolina fan over being Chesney who will put on an Alabama helmet, a Florida Jersey, whatever, you know, just the worst. I respect that so much more, but to go out and lead an F Tennessee chant and literally basically saying like F the hand that feeds me. Because I mean, it's, this is the mecca of country music with Nashville. All of the labels are based out of you know Music Row down there, and it's an interesting decision. I, <laughs> I'd say yeah, that you know, not a hey. good
1: business decision.
0: <laughs> I'm not, not sure I would do it because because yeah, you can like you meant you said like Morgan Wallen. I've I've seen like interviews with that guy. He wears a Tennessee hat, Tennessee shirt. He's he's he tweeted something snarky at lane kiffin because lane yeah, kiffin yeah. was playing his song at at practice and he kind of came back and was like you know had a quippy comeback you know i i don't mind that but he's not going out and being like f f south yeah. carolina well, the other,
1: there's there's other mainstream <laughs> com- country artists you know that there's real commercial successes like the the jason aldeens and luke Bryan's. i mean those guys are like georgia boys and they yeah, they pull for Georgia and they stay true to that. They 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 didn't move to Tennessee and sell their fandom, but at the same time they also understand who's paying the bills. And they're not, they know a little they're a little smarter than, than to go out and, and disparage Tennessee in front of a, a bunch of cell phone cameras you are gonna put it all over the internet.
0: Yeah, not uh not sure what he was thinking with that one, but it's over now. You you yeah, did it. Yeah, it's done, so. it's
1: there forever.
0: It'll be an interesting visit the next time he comes. Comes Knoxville. He's—I mean—he's pretty big. He's a pretty big artist. Uh, yeah. Oh you know? yeah. And and I'm—he sh- would probably hear, I don't know if he would do Thompson Bowling. That's probably a little bit too. I don't. I might be wrong there. Maybe he does do Thompson Bowling Arena. I don't. Um, but to—I'm sure Knoxville
1: would be a stop. A stop on the tour. I mean, that's a pretty popular stop. Has for, to be country music artist.
0: Yeah. We we get every as far as country music goes. We get everybody, and they they sell out you know, any of the big country folks, we definitely get here. So um that'd be an interesting stop when he comes back around. And, and I do have to throw in at the end that he truly defiled um one of the great Americana songs of all time in wagon wheel. And I don't know if I'll ever forgive him for that. Uh <laughs> but, but, you know, outside of that, I, I don't.
1: It's always such a disappointment if you're at like a bar or something and they play his version oh. of it. You know, mm. it's
0: it, it. I mean, he didn't he, he like change the words in part. Well, that was Just
1: oh, well, yeah, that was in the video, uh, as well. I don't know if you saw that him singing Wagon Wheel, and they get to the part that talks about you know, head well, the heading west to Johnson City, I guess what they say, even though it should be east, but um, then they said F Tennessee, you know, they kind of changed the lyrics, the crowd did, uh, kind of to say F Tennessee throughout the course of that song as well. So that's uh, just another strike there for him. We do not forget. We oh, do no. not forgive Darius. Can you Roger. imagine his Twitter mentions if Tennessee <laughs> beats football? Oh my goodness. I,
0: but that's that's the main thing with this is like, who do you think you are? You haven't beaten Tennessee football in three years. You haven't beaten Tennessee basketball in probably the same amount of time. You just got swept in baseball. It's like, what do we have to do to shut you up? Who who do you think that you are? You have literally not beaten Tennessee in anything. I guess women's basketball. Okay, fine. You did. You oh won yeah. The the, I mean, they
1: were celebrating. The yeah, that's they were celebrating the the championship. I guess that was but the to whole point but, but to be conference.
0: celebrating to be celebrating your national championship. Your national. You won the national championship.
1: And you're still thinking about Tennessee. And
2: you're still thinking about Tennessee. What are There's you doing? There's never
1: gonna be like Morgan Wallen or one of those other artists we talked about. It's a big Tennessee fan. It's not gonna be at a concert in Knoxville and say f South Carolina. You know, never they would not care one bit about South Carolina maybe Alabama or Florida or something like that but you're not going say anything about South Carolina nobody cares it's
0: it's that uh it's that like meme clip from uh from Mad Men where the guy says to uh this is Don Don Draper the main character the guy says I feel sorry for you and then Don Draper says I don't think about you at all <laughs> that's to Tennessee yep. <laughs> it's Tom Draper in that situation South Carolina I feel bad for you we won a national championship I feel bad for you I don't think about you at all like South Carolina we beat you in everything that's not my, you're not my yeah, I problem think, I feel like
1: South Carolina if you're if you're ranking Tennessee's SEC East rivals you know I think it goes Florida number one Georgia number two and then I feel like probably Vanderbilt's in there because it's the in-state rivalry and it's so important that you beat them. Even though it's not really a rivalry, I think Kentucky, it's still like
0: them in Kentucky probably. I don't know.
1: Like we you you want to go to their stadium and fill it with orange and kill them and you really care about dominating that game. And I feel like Kentucky like you said is kind of right there too because of the the past success. And then I feel like Missouri and South Carolina are just kind of there. It's like, yeah, we're going to beat them. Uh, it's not yeah, – we're not really that passionate about arguing with this fan base, though. They are who they are. Like, Missouri's probably at the very bottom, but I feel like South Carolina's pretty close.
0: Missouri is just, as far as the fan base goes, they've just kind of given up. Anytime I tweet Forget something inflammatory they about Missouri – like the,
1: They're like the Kansas City Royals of the SEC.
0: I, I, I never – I tweet somewhat commonly – Uh, about how I want Missouri kicked out of the SEC. It's a passion project of mine. I want them gone. I think they're a leech who does nothing. They provide nothing to the league. um, And they should be out of here because there are so many better schools that we could replace them with. I tweet about that unabashedly. I don't care what they think. And nobody ever, there's no Missouri fan that comes back and is like, but we did it. They don't, they like don't care. (laughs) If I tweeted that about South Carolina, At least I will give them this. If I tweeted that about South Carolina, get out of the SEC. We don't want you anymore. Bring in Clemson. We'd rather have Clemson. They're more competitive in football. They, you know, whatever I might say. South Carolina fans would be all over me all day long for two days. And (laughs) Missouri fans have just given up, man. They another reason why they should be kicked out of the SEC, frankly, but. Yeah.
1: That was one of the worst additions. Texas AM, I understand. I feel like they they feel like an SEC team. And it yeah. feels it's been what 10 years now since that yeah. happened whenever they moved to the SEC them in Missouri. And Texas AM it, it feels natural. Like it just feels like okay, that makes sense. Uh, Missouri never ever has. They still always feel like a Big 12 school to me. And it's so, so far away, it, it's you can't really get there <laughs> from anywhere very easily. It's just, it makes no sense.
0: Well, they still.
1: And they shouldn't be in the East either. That's. No, that's probably the stupidest part of all of it. Yeah. But
0: I still see Missouri fans when Kansas loses at something, they still like tweet about that. And they're like, Kansas. (laughs) And like, dude, you're in the SEC. You see a lot. Texas A&M fans, they do that to a certain extent with Texas. But a lot of theirs that I
1: see is we're in
0: the SEC. You're that's not. Alabama.
1: It's LSU. I mean, that's who they're worried about now. Auburn. Exactly.
0: They've they've kind of left that in the past. Now, it's going to come back around with Texas coming into the SEC. But uh, but word. as of now, they're like, we're here. You're over in this joke league. Who cares? And Missouri is still like, Kansas, let's laugh at them. Because they who cares can't about laugh at anybody Kansas in the SEC.
1: And anything but basketball anyway. Football, certainly not. Yeah, uh, whatever
0: makes you feel better, I guess. I I don't know, but it's again, just just get them out of here. We don't need them. <laughs> just Vandy too. <laughs> I I know some some Tennessee fans they don't like that because it's a, the it's, big, big no, rival. It's a eighth,
1: it's an eighth uh, or however many home game. It's there. It's an extra home game every other year for Tennessee.
0: That's true, and so I, I guess you can take it as that it's it's a built in win most years mm-hmm. for Tennessee football. That's nice. Um, but they don't bring anything to the sec and they're not an sec caliber athletic program Anywho, i could rant on that for forever um again passion project of mine but uh one one day i will succeed do want to move now we've talked pl- i mean we had plenty of football talk already so that's good, I guess, but this is the latter half of the show is going to be more football talk specifically about Josh Heupel. Last week, we talked about Tony Vitello's interview uh, on the Bustin' with the Boys podcast, Taylor One, Will Compton on the Barstool Network. Um, Tony Vitello went on, had a great interview, and we talked about it last week and go listen to that on last week's episode. Um, they also did an interview with Josh Heupel. When we did our episode last week, that interview had not come out yet. It came out like later that day, annoyingly. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like right. As I dropped our show, that uh, episode of Bustle with the boys came out. So I listened to this episode with Josh Heupel and a couple of things really stuck out to me that I want to talk about here in the, in the second half of the show. And, and first among them is something we already kind of mentioned is getting these real moments out of Josh Heupel. Cause he gets up at press conferences and very, he's very coach speaky. And I don't blame him at all. You kind of would be. You just kind of stay sort of guarded. You don't want to be. You don't really have a reason to go out with the media and be super chummy. I, I don't. Some coaches love doing that. And then other coaches are just like, get me out of here. I don't really want to be here. Hypel's kind of in the middle. Yeah, I, I mean, say. he's
1: polite and he's not misleading. He's just not going to tell you. And he's said yeah. that before. Like, I'm just not going to address that right now.
0: He's, he's kind of a get up. Get it over with, and then we're out of here. Like it's it's kind of just a required part of the job. I'm going to do it, and, and I'm going to be professional seems, about it. But
1: he seems more at ease, and it's something we've mentioned before. But the interviews where he is talking and there's a former player involved, he just seems more relaxed.
0: Yes. So this is what I'm. This is where I'm going. You you exactly led me right where I wanted to go. So he's with two former football. players well, Luan is still a football player in the NFL. I guess technically Will Compton is too, but
1: he's is, uh, Is that Luan's primary vocation, you would say, football player, or is it podcast host?
0: Yeah, that's up for debate, frankly. <laughs> uh, as a Titans fan, I uh, have some opinions on that, but that's for another <laughs> show. Um, But Lu- Luan, like, I don't know. Compton hops all over the league. He technically is still plays but does he really he really his primary vocation for sure
1: he leaves and comes back to the titans for a little bit and then just
0: yeah leaves again (laughs) rabel like gives him a pity spot on the roster (laughs) anyway uh so he's talking to two football players hypo in this interview and he has this moment in particular that struck me as i would say one of the realest moments i've heard from him and, and I just want to play it, and I'll explain why after the clip. But let's just listen to it first. So here's hype on, on bus with the boys. Fuck man, it's 22,
2: 22 years, years ago. 22, 22 years, so 20 really not that narrow. Right. Yeah, but, you, got, you ain't got to date me like that. You know what I mean? Consensus All-American? <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, you yeah. Slinging were slinging around. At Sling around national championship winner? Yeah. For the Sooners? Just be able to uh, throw it around. Can still throw it a little bit out there uh, on, on the practice field every once in a while. Do mm-hmm. you mix it up out there with them? Uh, not when it's live action, certainly not. But uh, uh, Thursdays or Fridays, which our temples are a little bit down, I'll, I'll play catch with those guys. Do a little uh, fat and slow, a uh, little pat and go uh, action on Fridays. With nice. The, the you got to give the big guys a chance to catch the ball. Uh, have a little fun. they got to touch yeah. the ball too, right? Now, do you guys have anything in the playbook right now? For so you? that – it's a simple moment in this show.
0: But he's talking about something that none of us have ever seen. He gets out there, and he he gets in it with these dudes, Does the ball around. And I, I don't know to what extent he participates in these drills, but he kind of makes it sound like he does. I I don't know, but like the media doesn't get to see that. And this this moment says to me, I I think I suspected this for sure, but I think he's really a he's a he's a player's coach. He's we we've talked about it, or it gets talked about with like Mike Vrabel. Like Mike Vrabel will literally in front of media, he will get in and like run a drill with his. Dudes, it's kind of a sort of gimmicky thing that he does, but his players love it. With Mike Vrabel and and Heupel here, obviously former player, national championship winning quarterback, he's still relatively young, Um, and and he'll mix it up with his dudes, and I players love that. And and in this moment, he kind of drops the coach speak. He kind of you know says "Uh, we'll go out and run that fat and slow. You know he gives gives it sort of that that player lingo. And I guess I just noticed in, in my time doing media full time, I interacted a lot with Tennessee football players. I inter- interacted a lot with uh, former Tennessee football players, got the interview, talked to, you know, just be, be in touch with those guys a decent amount. And this was really hype, just talking on a level with a dude who also plays football. And and I I loved it. It was a very quickly, very brief but like a shield down moment. This isn't it didn't feel like it was just a media. I'm talking doing an interview. He's actually like I feel like he would have said that the exact same way, off camera, just saying that to Taylor Luan. And we haven't gotten to see much of that from Hypel. And and I love this. I I think it's great.
1: They speak the same language, right? I mean, yeah. when, you, when you listen to that whole interview, there's multiple moments where they're just, they're speaking a the language that's not familiar to us. I mean, these these guys all played high-level college football in major conferences. hypo uh, spent a little bit of time in the NFL, and they talked about some of that as well. But it's just, I mean, it's a different language where they connect, and they've, hypo spent a lot of time in locker rooms playing and as a young coach, so of course he's going to, connect with those guys a little better but as far as him getting out on the field I think like obviously there's different paths that you can take to being a successful head coach and we've seen or or a football coach in general we've seen lots of different coaches take take different paths as far as their playing career and how they got to be a head coach and, and maybe the SEC I think Heupel just his team knowing hey this guy won a national championship as a quarterback he was a Heisman Trophy winner not only Has he been a a good head coach or good offensive mind? He's also done it. Like, he's not asking us to do something that he hasn't went out there and done. And you don't always have to have that. I mean, David Cutcliffe, for example, didn't play college football, was a great coordinator at Tennessee, did a really good job at Duke for, you know, over a decade. He didn't necessarily need that. That's not what he needed to, to connect with his team. For Heupel, I think coming into this situation, that's been very important because you had a roster that's that's been through a lot of stuff. Some of them have played for two different head coaches, been a lot of uh, toxic environments that they've been a part of at Tennessee. So for them to trust Hypo, I mean, uh, look at somebody like uh, Matthew Butler that played for Butch Jones, went through all of that coaching change, then played for Jeremy Pruitt. Everything he saw the last three years under Pruitt be very easy for Matthew Butler. Or another one of those guys to be like, all right, wh- why is this guy going to be any different than the last two that I've seen here? There- there's no reason for me to think that. But then he kind of comes in there and he's on the field with you, doing things a little bit different. I think it just makes it easier for for players to trust Hypel because of that.
0: Absolutely, and th- that's what I love about it. That's that's why this moment stuck out to me, even with how how short, a- sort of uh, simple and short as it was it was meaningful in what it said about Heupel and what he, what he doesn't show publicly. I mean, I guess you've maybe seen it some in like hype videos that they put out, you know, they, they put out sort of like a day in the life of Josh Heipel and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But even, even still, you're not seeing an entire practice and seeing how he interacts with these guys for three hours at a time. And, and what happens out there and the, the respect that comes with having a coach who was you at one point. I, th- I think that's a huge element because he can say like, I've been there. I've been in your shoes. Yeah, it was, it was nine, whatever, 1999, 2000, but like I've done it and we've, and it, it is massive and it's, and it's a camaraderie that if you haven't played college football, you can't under, understand fully. And I I haven't, I've just interacted with a lot of people who have, Play college football. Like it's it's a sort of talk. Like when I was around some of those older players when I did Swain's show, um, they all all of them like across the board, they refer to each other as little bro, big bro. If you're older or younger. And it's like that sort of thing. That it's like nobody who didn't play college football is calling Albert Hainsworth little bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that 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 sort of thing. And and just to see that from Hypel, I, I think it's meaningful. I think it's a cool moment. And and I like that these guys got that out of him because we just don't see it with the traditional press conferences that he does here where he just gets up, answers the questions. Well, I thought practice was we gave great effort today. And uh, you know, just that kind of stuff that you go out and say. And there was there was a decent amount of that in this interview. He still
1: stayed decently he knows flirted. he knows what he can say and not say yeah. and when to to go with a story and when not to but he's a he's a funny guy he has a good sense of humor mm-hmm. you don't you don't see it a lot but you do hear it at times and when he he told a recruiting story about his uh his Estela getting or his catalog getting stripped while he was checking out a recruit and had to drive around with no hubcaps and So for a couple of weeks after that, and he's laughing, telling a great, great story. And it's just little moments like that, that yeah, where he kind of lets his guard down. And you see the way he interacts with those guys. It kind of makes you feel like he does the same thing with his team. I think it's especially important with Hendon Hooker and the quarterbacks that Heupel, they know that he's been in those situations. He's been in the most pressure-packed situation you can possibly be in as a college football quarterback. Trying to lead a team to a national championship in 2000 when it was a little bit harder because you had the BCS, you had to be in the top two to compete for a national championship. You're feeling that pressure all year long. He went through it. He he succeeded, won the national championship. So the fact that he's been in those situations, quarterback like Hendon Hooker, the other guys on the roster, it's a lot easier. I feel like to trust your head coach. In in those moments when you know that that he's been there and faced that before, like he's going to lead you in the right direction, uh, that's just another element too that I think is really really a positive for Tennessee.
0: Absolutely, I I like it a lot. That was just one of the moments that stuck out to me. Another one, um, was this. He he actually wasn't asked directly about NIL, but he 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 brought it up, and obviously that has been a huge story. Um, Around Josh Heupel. and you, you can kind of. I would actually add this to what we were saying there with Nico Yal committing to Tennessee, huge, huge story. The eight million dollar supposed deal, um, NIL deal for him. I, I think you can say of Heupel, if if he is not who he is, eight million dollars talks, but Nico is is the elite of the elite in this recruiting class. He was gonna get a sweet deal no matter where he went. It didn't matter. If Heupel is not who Heupel is, he's not coming to Tennessee, even still there, there was more to that decision than just like, Oh, here's this fat NIL deal that comes along with this commitment. Um, and so to, to just throw that in there, I I think that you can say that, that it's especially that deal with Nico, it, Heupel is a part of that being a former quarterback and the way that he can relate. And and the fact that Nico, I think, sees a guy who can be a real mentor and leader and that it's it's big. I, it's getting you huge recruits. So that's what more do you really need to say at, at, at that point? So just to put an exclamation point on that. But uh, the, the other thing that stuck out to me in this interview was this moment where he talks about NIL at, in a, in a broad sense. I just want want to touch on it uh, briefly because I I liked what he said here. So here's here is that moment on *Bustle* with the boys.
2: Do you think it gives these kids an opportunity to kind of see, okay, there are other avenues I can take other than football to make relationships and, and get jobs and kind of shrink in that anxiety that you kind of get when you have to transition? I think one of the great things about NIL is that force kids to understand that they have a brand and image and the choices that they make transitioning into college football, you know, have a huge impact on their future and potential uh, earning power. Mm-hmm. Um, the issues that, maybe I've had to deal with previously as a head coach, man, very few of of those things are showing up right now because they are so uh, understanding and, and uh, have a global view of what they're trying to accomplish. It changes the mindset. It changes the
0: opportunities. I think it's an amazing point. That doesn't get brought up enough with NIL. I think there's a lot of people who think that the NILs rules are going to change football. And it certainly is going to change college football. It already has. Um, but they're going to change it for the worse. And I think what he brings up here, first of all, shows that clearly he's a huge proponent of NIL. And in this new age, that's massive and amazing. And I think it's it's a very good sign for Tennessee that he's 100% behind it in the way that he is. But the point that he brings up here, I think, is excellent in that college football, if you don't know how these players live, it's extremely insular college football players do not live like a a regular college student. They do not get an education like regular college student. Frankly, they work with tutors and, and Tennessee has an entire devoted department essentially uh, that works with athletes to get them the education. Um, And he says that the, the NIL really forces onto these kids things like being essentially being like fiscally responsible Knowing what your worth is, he says it there. Knowing what your brand is, and and your market value, kind of, and what comes along with that, like you, ESPN made a whole documentary. It's a, a great, uh, great movie called uh, Broke about how so many pro athletes don't know how to manage money, and so they they get millions of dollars, and then it disappears in an instant. And this this type of thing brings an education before you ever get sent out fully into that real world, you go like, oh, well, I made $50,000 in college. I know what taxes are. I know what that means. I know what my worth is, what my brand is, what I can build on. And and to hear that from Tennessee's coaches is, is amazing and encouraging. But I also think just in a general sense with that NIL conversation, it's a great point. And it is it is a huge pro that I don't think that I had totally thought about with the new NIL rules.
1: I hadn't really thought about it either. And it's a definitely a great point. The thing that I thought when I first heard the comments, aside from it's a great point, is what a different attitude Heupel has towards NIL than other coaches. Yeah. Because you've heard Lane Kiffin complaining about NIL stuff. We've certainly heard Debo Sweeney at Clemson very loud uh, complaining very against the NIL stuff. Well, he claims he's for it in a sense, but he you can tell he doesn't like it at all. Even Nick Saban at Alabama, who his players are profiting from NIL, he's kind of talking out both sides of his mouth a little bit, where he's kind of downing NIL a little bit, but also bragging about how much his players are making. I mean, I think last week I don't know if you heard or not, he made a comment about the collectives that are that are starting up. You know, Tennessee has a couple of the, that have started other programs. They're really popping up all over the place now, and Saban made a comment that well Alabama doesn't have we haven't had to use collectives for our players to earn a lot of money and they've earned as much as anybody in the country he might have even said they've earned more than any anybody in the country so he's kind of bragging about their players earning money but doing it in different ways whatever but Heupel he hasn't really engaged in any of that I mean he kind of rolls with the punches like hey this is what it is not really gonna talk great about it bad about it it just is what it is and he brings up this great point where it's like okay you're you're looking for the positives out of this like that's that's nice to hear because you don't hear that from college football coaches a lot and it's very annoying to hear coaches like Dabo and kiffin rail against nil when like you said it's here it's not going anywhere this is the new way of college football Sitting there being negative about it and and preaching against it is not going to change anything. It just makes you look worse, probably, on the recruiting trail. It's nice to hear Hypo not take that approach.
0: It's a great point. Uh, So much of the conversation around NIL has been the negatives. Yeah, we all get it. It's not ideal. Frankly, like to me, in an ideal world, college football is just the semi-pro league that it is. It's the feeder league to the NFL. It's a development league. And I think at the end of the day, we really all understand that, and we have different levels of acceptance <laughs> in terms of, you know, what college football really is. And that's an ideal world, but so many people just want it to go back to this. It's all about oh, you get a scholarship and an education, and you leave with a degree, and that's worth that should be, and you want to play for the name on your jersey, and it just is. The toothpaste out of tube, don't. We're, we're beyond that. And to hear the coach that represents the university of Tennessee have that attitude where he just goes toothpaste base attitude, not, I'm not going to go out and be Jimbo Fisher bitching and moaning about how whatever, literally all Jimbo does. I don't know if the guy coaches cause he, I, I feel like the everything he does is just complain. That's all I ever see from him. Uh, and, and to have hype not do that. I'm sure he has these thoughts behind closed doors to whatever extent, don't we all? But to just eschew all that and just go, I'm not going to touch any of that. Let's talk about the positives. Let's talk about what this brings to these players and how it makes their lives better and how it sort of writes a historical wrong in college sports. Um, and and then we're going to use it to our advantage to go out and get a kid like Nico Iamaliava and he's going to come in and change his program. That's, I, that's all I all I've ever wanted as far as this, I guess I didn't until the last couple of years. I don't, I didn't know that this was what I wanted maybe because I didn't know that this is how it would turn out, but this, this is exactly what I want to see. I, I didn't intend for this to become a showering down praise on hypo session, but it is when I see something good, I want to talk about it and bring it up and acknowledge it. And I think this is great.
1: Yeah. And, Look I think we're we're all especially us where we've we've covered you know so many different Tennessee coaches. you're always looking for a red flag or something that i it's just it's just not really showing itself maybe it will I don't know, but I think something else this right here shows is just him as a problem solver, which is a character trait that a college football coach needs to have. Uh, you you've got to recognize the problem and figure out how to deal with it you can't dwell on why the problem's there how it got there i, I wish it wasn't there it's there let's deal with it and make the best of it and that's what he's doing so i think that i mean that's kind of how he works on the football field too i mean that that that's the way he runs his offense uh, uh that's just a good trait to have as a coach i noted The whole,
0: the clip as a whole didn't mean much, but I noted a quote that he said in this interview, he was talking about just Tennessee and coming to Tennessee. And he said that he was bringing a new age approach to an iconic brand. That's how he said it. A new age approach to an iconic brand. And I think that's his, that shows his entire mentality. Right there. He also said in that interview, he said, we want to be the most aggressive team in college football on any, he, and he also, he emphasized in that. He said, I want it to be not just on offense, but it's the way that we coach on defense also to be the most aggressive team in college football. He wants to be this cutting edge, no holds barred. I mean, we, we saw it last year, the roller coaster ride. That is the way that this guy coaches and I have my qualms with it. I don't think it's perfect. I, I, think in a game like the purdue game it may have hurt you but in the game in the game like kentucky it's what won you the game so it's it's a two-way street and when it works it works and when it doesn't it can hurt you too but i i just love this mentality if for nothing else other than it is just cutting edge like it just is a fresh refreshing thing and, and at the perfect time where Tennessee had just gotten so bogged down in, you know, it, Fulmer as AD really brought this, like I want to harken back to my time in the 90s and bring in a guy who reminds me of myself in Pruitt. And Tennessee just needed to just throw all of that off its back. And this dude, obviously this thing could turn out to not be great. Let's all acknowledge, we, we haven't seen the, the results on the football field yet. But I will say it certainly feels like he is coming into Tennessee in the right place at the right time. And I am incredibly encouraged by by what I hear in this dude's general philosophy and, and the way that he he carries himself. Yeah, I mean, That's all
1: is, I know. It's uh, this is the style that you have to have to win championships, right? I mean, yeah, Jeremy Pruitt was a very mundane, uh risk adverse coach. Uh his, his offense was boring, run run, pass, punt. And he Pruitt fancied himself after Nick Saban, but they weren't really, you know, he wanted the Nick Saban attitude and culture, but he didn't coach like Nick Saban. I mean, Nick Saban takes risk. Yep. Uh, he he'll change his offense if he sees something's not working. We we've talked about it before. He's already started doing that a little bit after watching Heupel. They've started going with some tempo. But he'll take risk with his coaching hires. He'll take risk with the way that he coaches. He's aggressive. He's not ultra conservative. It's a very Bill Belichick in the NFL is the same way. I mean the New New England Patriots. It's fourth and five on the fifty. They get a first down, the game's over, or they punt it and they give you a chance, they're gonna go for it. They're gonna they're gonna get the first down and they're gonna end the game right there. They're not gonna give you a chance. They're not gonna put the ball in your hands. Pruitt, Butch Jones, Derek Dooley. I mean, it's really been since Lane Kiffin was in Knoxville that Tennessee's had a a coach that kind of has this aggressive mentality, and that's really look, it's gonna bite you. It's it's going, especially if you don't have the elite talent until Tennessee has Alabama and Georgia level talent, there's going to be games like that Purdue game where this, it bites you and you lose maybe because of this approach, but I feel like you're going to win more games than you lose uh, coaching this way.
0: Absolutely. I, I agree. Obviously we'll have to see the <laughs> we'll time will tell exactly where this goes, but I think Tennessee is in a great position with, with a coach that has the right mentality and let's just go from here. I, that's, that's really the point of this conversation. I liked what I heard here. It was there were some moments with Hypel that were a little more real than we've seen him be and and I just appreciate it. I want to see more of that, but I also mm-hmm. don't blame him with kind of being guarded because it's just that's the way college football coaches are a lot of the time.
1: It, well, I think he's a good balance. Is. He's not out there on Twitter going crazy like Lane Kiffin. But he also lets it, you know, lets his personality strategically come out a little bit here and there, where you know fans get to see it a little bit. And I think, I think Tennessee's media department is, is pushing a little more of that. I was surprised that they even agreed uh, to the Bussin' with the Boys interview, uh, mainly because the, there's so much always so much controversy surrounding Barstool Sports and the, and the connection between them and Bussin' with the Boys. It's under their brand. I was I was surprised, I was glad because you do get these candid moments in these interviews. I mean, as behind the curtain, I mean, we got a ton of content out of the interviews that they that they did with Heipel and Vitello and Mike Eckler, and it, was, and it was enjoyable to listen to. It really was, uh, and and I think that's that's Tennessee's media department that understood that that would be a good thing for the university. Like, they, there's nothing really negative that's going to come from those interviews.
0: Yeah, I I, I don't know. Even during the rough years, the media strategy at Tennessee was pretty solid. That was one thing that they've done pretty good for a long time. And I don't know exactly where that strategy comes from. If it's Tom sakoyak or, or somebody, uh, I know for some stuff, he's the brains, the operation, but he's more of a basketball
1: Well, He's guy. been the one guy, the one constant there through the years, I guess. Yeah,
0: he's, he has stayed for a really long time at this point, relative, relative to the way that Media operations people shift around a lot. I mean, it is a it's a nomad's job, uh, and sokoyak has been there a long time. I don't know if it's him. I don't know if it's coming from Danny White, right? Now. And I guess I, I should explain. We're talking about that in the way that we like we work to media. and Know who Tom is? He's he is the. I'm not sure of his exact title at this point, but he's the SID Sports Information Director for basketball. But at, at Bill, large for the athletic department, yeah, I think
1: I believe it's Bill Martin for. Football, for football. He's yeah. an LSU grad.
0: Maybe, maybe it's Martin too, but Martin just hasn't been here as long. I think he came from right. Mississippi State. Um, uh, he
1: graduated from LSU, and I think he was at Mississippi State before. I'm not positive. Yeah.
0: But who, whoever it is over there, if if it's coming down from from Danny, from Danny White, I I, I love it though. They they just seem to get it, and they have for a long time. Um, well, you
1: certainly see you, you see. uh it probably is a little bit with Danny White and a little bit with Josh Heupel, too because you see Heupel jumping on these shows. He was on with Swain yesterday. He was on with uh Jason Martin and Ramon Foster Monday morning. Jeremy Pruitt, do He did many jump on many radio interviews. Butch Jones was on a bunch of them uh, quite often he was like weekly on on 1045 in in uh, in Nashville so I think it has a lot to do with what the coach wants to do. And I think the athletic director that Tennessee has now has a lot to do with it as well.
0: Danny White is, we've already, we kind of had a conversation, what, two episodes ago. It might have, actually might have been the last episode, but where we've talked about how impressed we've been with Danny White so far. It's kind of skeptical coming in. He, he sort of seemed like he might, might try to be big shot guy. You know, I know more than you do. Don't, don't question me. Kind of a, feeling at the beginning and i that really hasn't turned out to be the case i think i think you brought it up last last week he doesn't perceive himself as the smartest guy in the room at all times and it makes a huge difference so if, yeah there's if a lot
1: of similarities between him and john curry just in i don't know their demeanors at, at times maybe and just their past i mean they came kind of up the same path they're, they're the same Position, same type of people, really good at raising money, but that's the definite difference. That Curry had that smirk and that kind of yeah. air of arrogance surrounding him, which Danny White doesn't really have.
0: I'm I'm gonna go to the Bahamas in the middle of a coaching search, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like Curry did. <laughs> yeah. Um, so whoever is leading that media charge, keep it up. You're doing great. You're doing really, really great. Just keep keep doing it. VFL Films is so good, man. They're, yeah. They a little over there.
1: Yeah. Every um, every time they, I'm always excited to watch that little behind the scenes video they did with Josh Heupel uh, last week. Was five or six minutes of his day. I mean, that was another example of Heupel kind of being candid and real in those moments, and just kind of explaining his day. Just stuff like that's fun for fans to see. It's fun for everybody to see because. You don't get so very much of that in college football. Not like you do in the NFL, where I mean, can you imagine them doing like a uh, hard knocks with a college football team? I mean, that would I I mean, it would be must watch television if it was an SEC team. I would watch it if it was Mississippi State. Well, especially Mississippi State with Mike Leach, but uh, I mean, that would be amazing because you don't get to see any of that with any of these programs at all. But I I, some some people really criticize.
0: That that openness, that flat, it can be flashiness. I I think you see with like Deion Sanders at at Jackson State. Obviously, he tries to bring a flashiness, and he's I think he's even employed by Barstool Sports. I think Deion Sanders. He does a show. He doesn't show on there. But either way, those coaches that realize the power in that because the the proof is in the pudding. Deion Sanders goes out and gets the number one defensive recruit in America this last year to Jackson state, huh? What? Like
1: there's so much money. Don't even mention money with that kid. Cause other, I mean, you think that USC and all these other whoever yeah, else, Alabama wasn't throwing money at him too.
2: He was getting money anywhere.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and there's, there's power in that, in that media push. You, you really can make a difference. I, I know it's, some of the more traditional folks don't, don't like the flashiness. This is the way of college football. Well, right Butch now.
1: Butch Butch Jones understood it and he used it he did. to his advantage. And it really helped in recruiting early on. His personality, he just didn't he didn't have enough media savviness to understand how to use that as a tool to benefit him to the fullest extent. But he did understand the importance of it. And he was in front of a camera whenever he could be. And in his early years, it really helped Tennessee.
0: Well, and the 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 main problem with Butch is that he would go and lie to these kids uh, in their houses and basically be like, we're going to center our entire offense around you. And then when they got there, that's not what would happen. Um, And so, yeah, don't, please don't do that. Josh. I don't think Josh Heupel is doing that.
1: Um, You can't really do that now with the transfer portal because kids can sign and then leave immediately. Even, even your signature and signing day doesn't really mean that much anymore.
0: Nope. it, It really doesn't. And I I don't even
1: that has to be very stressful to be a college football coach. Yeah. right now. And it is the very reason that we have seen coach K, Roy Williams and now Jay Wright all retire. Uh especially Jay Wright. I mean, how old was he like? We we talked about 60. this. He's like 60. Right yeah, at I mean, that, is, that is I mean, he's at the top of his profession. Uh but it's become such a different job To where it's it is literally 24-7, 365, and it was already kind of to that extent, but you would kind of get a reprieve after signing day or offseason. You you didn't really have to deal with these roster management issues that they have to deal with now. And I think this is just my gut feeling, but I think we're going to see that from Nick Saban at some point where it's just – because you're seeing Alabama players, like talented Alabama players, like these players where – that's how Alabama and Georgia have been so good is because it's not because they have a first string of five-star players. I mean, that's a big reason, of course. But it's because they have the second and third string guys to come in. When these injuries inevitably happen, a player goes down, transfers, you've got a guy to step up in their spot. And now Alabama is starting to lose some of those guys. And there's a four-star safety from Alabama that, that saw special team special teams action as a true freshman at Alabama. He hits the portal. It's probably a good player. I mean, you see in special teams action at Alabama as a true freshman, that's it's about as good as you can hope typically. Cause there's a junior that's on that roster that that's starting in front of you. You're the next guy up. Well, now that guy's leaving. Who are they gonna replace him with? I could see Saban getting frustrated with some of that and be like, All right, why am I still doing this?
0: I, I really do think it could harken the end of his time at Alabama quicker than it would have been. Um yeah.
1: I mean, I mean and to be fair, he's a different breed. He's not. Yeah, he's yeah. He's a, a he's maniac. a cyborg. He, he
0: yeah. He could, you have to be
1: a maniac to be that good.
0: Yeah. Uh, he, Lord knows he could probably still be there for another twenty years. I I don't know.
1: Maybe I'm just at trying least, to talk myself into this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he'll be.
0: He's closing in on seventy, isn't
1: he? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. He's easily. He's. born I mean, in the 50s. So.
0: Yeah. Like. At at a point where where i think it could turn on he is 70 he is 70 um where i think it could turn with him is what i think you're seeing with tennessee getting a guy like nico this nil thing moves players in a different way from before it gives a school like tennessee that yeah it's stunk in football for a long time but we got money you mm-hmm. got money and we got resources we got power and we got a huge loyal fan base that's attractive to kids and wants to get behind this program, even though uh, it, it's been bad for a while. And it, Tennessee could not be in a more perfect spot. Like, Well, the more perfect spot would have been not sucking for 15 years. But it, if you're going to be rebuilding, Tennessee is in a perfect spot to take advantage of this NIL. They have the perfect coach to take it, advantage of it right now where you have Heupel being absolutely shameless with it. Given you know setting up giant deals for these kids, supposedly, supposedly, asterisk, (laughs) according to reports, um, and and I think Saban starts losing some of these kids, and he starts going like, okay, maybe I'm, you know, the the iron grip is loosening. I'm gonna I'm gonna finally spend some time with the grandkids. You know, he's not gonna
1: stick around and go twelve and two in multiple years, which is crazy because that's like a that's a really good year. But for Alabama, that's not up to expectations. Eleven yeah. and two or twelve and two, 11 and three. Yeah, I don't he's not gonna sit around for that. No.
0: And and so I don't know, four four years. That's that's what I, an entire recruiting cycle within IL maybe.
1: I think and... that he will be it'll be a J Wright uh, type situation. Bruce Arians in the NFL where it's just out of nowhere. I don't Peace think out. it'll be this. I don't think it'll be a Coach K tour. I just think it'll be a very sudden, shocking like it'll be a very shocking moment that comes out of nowhere. Everybody's, or maybe like Bob Stoops, like maybe in the middle of the summer or something that some after one season or something.
0: I mean, K, K really showed the hazard of having yeah. a farewell
1: tour. <laughs> it's it's risky.
0: A- yeah. If the season doesn't go the way that you want it, it's you're done. Mm-hmm. And the North Carolina just forever has that up on his legacy. Twice.
1: Twice. Well, he, he
0: lost in the final four to North Carolina. And you can't. Sorry, you're done. I mean, it, it was so egregious that people were like, Well, is he he might come back? And like there was actual chatter about that. And so it's it's risky because I I could see they win a national championship this year. Next some actual chatter about him bouncing out. I, I, I would say it it wouldn't surprise me, but also what wouldn't surprise me is him coaching for another 10 years. (laughs) So, you know, either outcome. I mean, the guy's a psycho. He's an absolute Mm -hmm. psycho. His brain doesn't work the way that a normal person's brain works. Uh, and so I, yeah, it, it could be national championship. See you later. Bye. Or he's going to be here till 2040. I don't know. Uh, so <laughs> hopefully it's the, the first one. Um, cause the, the real truth is, I mean, college football, the product is not going to get significantly better until he leaves the sport. I, I, I hate that because he is such a legend and has he, you know, he commands the respect that he does and will always be remembered probably as the greatest coach of all time. But he's hurting the game. Nobody wants to watch Alabama win every single year, always. They're so dominant, and it's it's boring. It's boring. Alabama fans are bored with it. And it's not good for the sport. And I mean, it's it's like UConn with women's basketball. It became boring. Yukon won every single year, always, and it's not a compelling product. And and so. Unfortunately, that is the case, and not not to wish Saban out of the sport, but uh, I'm going to wish Saban out of the sport. Get out of here. We don't need you anymore. You, the, the game is passing you by, Nick. Please, <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> go ahead yeah. and retire.
1: You lost to Kirby Smart in the championship game. I mean, that's it's more. over. Yeah,
0: there's no coming back from that. Kirby Smart. He he had a uh, what would you call it? A a a pass-through lost to Butch Jones. Kirby Smart lost mm-hmm. to Butch Jones. You lost to Kirby Smart. I mean, you can't ever come back from that. It's irreparable. <laughs> so, um. All right, this is going really long. We were going to throw in right at the end. Tennessee basketball got a transfer. Tyree Key from Indiana State. 14, uh, almost 15 points a game. 4.4 4 rebounds a game. 38% three-point shooter. He's kind of a, I think... a. Not a fill in for Kennedy Chandler, really. B.J. Edwards, I think they're gonna they're hoping is gonna be that guy and Zakai Ziegler, but he's he's a shooting he's gonna be a shooting guard um, and an interesting piece to to fill in there. Obviously, we're going so long, we don't need to go deep into it. And obviously, basketball is a long way off, but I think it's a good good pickup. I do walk away from it still going. We gotta get another big guy, or what's what's the plan there?
1: Rick. <laughs> so brandon huntley hatfield announced his destination right yep Was it thankfully louisville?
0: thankfully not going to auburn thank goodness um i don't think he ever even ended up visiting went to louisville i even said i think i said last week when we were talking about mm-hmm. this louisville made a lot of sense yeah new coach he'll be a starter um I, I think it's a perfect situation and it's out of the sec out of yep. Tennessee's life. <laughs> and just go play for Louisville and, and then fine. I, I wish you the best of luck. You didn't go play for Bruce Pearl. God bless you. So I'm, I'm fine with it, but I, you know, is still with that big man is Kamala going to come back hundred percent. Is Jonas? Idu gonna be, is he going to take a big step forward? You're losing Fulkerson. Where I mean, is Euros? I mean, are we hoping
1: that Euros takes a huge step forward? Like, what Feels is the plan? Way. Feels that way.
0: Maybe, maybe that is the case. Euros was coming more into his zone. He became a pretty, pretty dang good rebounder uh, in the latter half of that season. But he's just—he's never going to become a scorer for you. And I don't—it just takes away an entire element of the game, not being able to just dump the ball down inside and get points. I. I don't know, man.
1: He, but, is great on, he is great on social media. He is a tremendous follow. If you, I love him. That
0: he's he will be. Euros will leave Tennessee as a as a legend. I mm-hmm. I don't know that he'll ever put gaudy numbers or anything like that. But he like going to the baseball game and wearing the fur coat. I mean, it was awesome. Yeah. He's he's so great. He gets it. He gets it. Even despite being, uh, you know the the Serbian, you know, uh, expat like. This dude has embraced Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I love it, <laughs> but yeah. Tennessee needs a real center <laughs> to play. Not Euros uh, your, your is a real center. He is a real center, a real scoring center. Let me put Astros on out. He needs a real scoring center um, that can rebound and score the basketball. And I don't know where they go to get that at this point. But maybe, maybe we do get big leaps forward from the players that Tennessee has. I think Huntley Hatfield left for a reason, so. We'll see. Uh, so there's that with basketball. And, and I feel like I, I ended it negatively there. Good pickup. Good pickup for the team. I think it fills a need, and, and that's nice. Let's also work on getting a big guy. But, Zach, anything else for the folks at home that we might not have mentioned?
1: I think that pretty much covers it for the week. Uh, it looks like we're not gonna, going to get a commitment today while we record this. So maybe I- uh, maybe next week
0: win as long as possible as long as we possibly could. Yes. um and yep yeah, it just uh it hasn't fallen like uh like the last few weeks where we get big commits in the middle of the show but maybe we'll we'll get them next week we'll get them we'll okay. be back right. I hopefully next week back on monday we'll be back on our regular schedule and we'll go from there hopefully talking about another sweep tennessee baseball playing
1: it's xavier on this evening tuesday
0: yep And then a a series of, yeah, uh, that's who it is. Auburn is coming to Knoxville, I believe is the case Yes, this coming weekend. So hopefully we're talking about another sweep of the old Tigers come Monday. Thank you so much to everybody for listening. I am Charlie Burris. That is Zach Reagan. Uh, And I don't have the music set up to end the show. Here it is. Thank you. At Charlie underscore Burris at Zach TNT at A to Z Sports, A to Z Sports.com, the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed and YouTube. Go to the YouTube and type in A to Z Sports and get it there uh, to see the show. Um, I want to in I I have come to this conclusion. I want to, in future episodes, want to do position breakdowns with clips from spring and fall practice. Because we can do that now. We can get actual, like, reps from these guys and show them on the show. And you won't be able to see them any other way unless you go to YouTube. A to Z Sports on YouTube. Subscribe. All right. That's it. Thanks for listening. Uh, Dang it, I feel like I'm forgetting something. But if I did, too bad. I'll mention it next week. And we'll talk to you all
1: then. See you guys later.